0: You're my dad, and to cut me out so simply and so quickly, I, that's just not okay.
1: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for Not Parent Expected or Non-Paternal Event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 38, and today I'm talking to Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, how are you? I am good. I'm so grateful you're doing this today. Thank you.
0: It's my pleasure. I like to share my story with others in the hopes that it will help other NPEs like us. Yes. And did I tell you that
1: your NPE revelation date is only a week away from mine?
0: Oh, wow. Very close. <laughs>
1: you're so you're you're March 30th, 2019. Is is that correct?
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: Okay, so I'm not trying to give away any of your story, but I just, I am in April 9th of the same year. So I just thought I'd mention that because I feel like those dates are forever etched in our memory, right? They are. (laughs) Okay, so let's hear from you today, Heather. So why don't you go ahead and and share your story? So my
0: original family growing up um, was pretty good. I was quite a happy child. I think I was very difficult and stubborn and (laughs) strong-willed. And I I have now since learned that's from my biological father and (laughs) perhaps a little bit from my mom too. Um, But we took vacations. Um, We had family gatherings, mostly organized by who I thought was my paternal grandmother. Um, And then that abruptly changed. So in the fifth grade, our family dynamic changed significantly. We moved South um, from the Northeast. And um, at that point in time, we really didn't keep in contact at all with my original family. I'll call them. Um, I barely saw my grandparents or my cousins. um, And I honestly don't think I've seen my first cousins since that move. And in hindsight, I now question why did we really move suddenly in the fifth grade? Um, my mother does claim the affair was over way before then, but I don't know. I I think there's more behind it, and I'll probably never know. I don't know if I want to know the full truth. Um, so I really can't complain about growing up. I never suspected, nor did my brother, that we weren't um, my biological or uh, my birth certificate father's children. Um, So these results were particularly shocking um, when they did come in because we had no clue. We looked like each other. We actually even resembled our um, birth certificate father's side of the family to some degree. So my brother actually looked very much like um, my birth certificate father's um, brother, one of his brothers. Um, And they compared baby pictures. And I think at that point, my mom kind of justified in her head, okay, okay they are really his children. Um, And then I came along and I looked just like them. So in her mind, there was no question of paternity. I first did my DNA testing through 23andMe because I was curious to get health information in addition to my genealogical results. And I did that back in January of 2018. And at that time, I matched with a first cousin. I had no idea who she was. Um, and she immediately messaged me privately through the 23 me site asking, who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> and we kind of compared um, surnames in the family and couldn't figure out how we were linked and quickly gave up trying to figure it out. Um, and then a year passed and... My brother I was raised with and I thought it would be fun to complete our family tree. I had actually emailed, um, wrote letters to my grandmothers um, years ago asking for what they knew of our family history and just never had the chance to put it together as I got married and finished grad school and did my own life. And now that I have kids of my own, I was really curious to share the branches of our tree with them. And so he and I did a buy one, get one deal with Ancestry um, Black Friday deal. And I took my test first the end of December and I wrapped his test and he opened it on Christmas morning and he took his um, in late January. Um, So in January of 2019, I got my results and it came up that I had a match that was close family to first cousin and I I kind of laughed it off. I thought, oh, another family member. I don't know who it is. And our family um, growing up doesn't really talk a lot. We're not that close. Um, I'm, I don't have any contact with first cousins or beyond that. Um, my mother was an only child, so she doesn't really have a big family on her side. Um, so it wasn't really that odd per se. And my brother then got his results back. We were actually together um, when we got his results. We both live in different states, and we were actually at Disney World of all places. And he got his results while I was waiting in line to ride a ride. And he immediately opened them, and together we compared results. And I asked, hey, do you match this girl who's first cousin t- to a close family? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, do you know her? And he said, no, I have no idea who she is. And we kind of laughed it off thinking, oh, it's just our crazy family. We don't talk about anything. And then it kind of just sat there for quite a while. Um, we didn't pursue further. And then one day, it happened to be my birthday in March, on March 14th. I am a member of a mom's group on Facebook and another person who was doing genealogical research and had done a DNA test because her mother was adopted and she was researching her roots, Um, asked what centimorgans are and how close of a relative you research when you match someone through DNA testing. And most of the other moms just commented, oh, we didn't have anything for a second cousin. We didn't have anything closer than that, not even a first cousin. And I was like, well, here I am. And I have a first cousin and a close family to first cousin, two different platforms. And um, (laughs) they uh, were like, oh, you might want to look into that close family to first cousin because it's typically not a first cousin. And in my head, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then um, someone in the group shared the number of centimorgans that a close relative matched hers. And I immediately went to my app and pulled it open and discovered that our centimorgan match was pretty similar um, to one another. And I was like, oh. And my brother being a time zone behind us, um, I immediately texted him and said, wake up now. (laughs) What is your number of centimorgans that you match? And then um, I input it into the DNA Painter tool. I'm sure you're familiar with that tool. And that tool actually – tells you what the potential connection is with your family member based on the number of centimorgans that you match. And it came up from us that this woman was either a grandmother, an aunt, a half sibling, I think a niece. And I want to say one other option. Um, And um, that was, I was actually at work when all this was happening and I think I just pretty much shut down at that point because I couldn't believe that this was happening to us. And in hindsight, I think, I don't want to say lucky, but it's fortunate that my brother and I tested at the same time because we knew right away that we were indeed full siblings. And I know quite a few other NPEs don't have that luxury. Um, They have to wait in another six weeks to make sure that their siblings are full siblings and not just half siblings. I sent a message to this relative saying, Hey, I um I see that we're connected. My researching my family train. Um, do you know potentially how? And um, of course she didn't
1: respond. Um The person that you were asking, was this your
0: potential half-sibling or the first cousin? It were- at first it was the potential half-sibling that I was asking. And I, I think an Ancestry, you can't really tell when the last time they logged in was. Um, so I didn't know if she had even seen it because it didn't show red back then. Mm-hmm. Um, now I believe they do s- does show when the message is actually read. Um, in the meantime, I had a mom friend who actually was an MPE herself. She found out she was donor conceived through um, Ancestry testing. And she had purchased... A bunch of background check sites um, in order to research to try to find her biological father. Um, and she helped me to be able to find my, what I now know as a half sibling. And based on def- demographics, it became quite apparent that she could be nothing other than a half sibling. So she's older than both my brother and I. So I am still the youngest out of all of the siblings. And this friend was able to locate her address where she last lived in Florida. And I actually wrote a letter on recommendation of, um, specific templates and stuff that are available in the MPE support groups that are on Facebook, uh, Facebook. And I sent a letter there. And then in the meantime, of course, my insides were twirling and couldn't sleep. And then one night I was like, you know what, I'm going to dig a little deeper. And I was able to actually find her on Facebook through her ex-husband's Facebook page. And I looked at her friends list. And at that moment, I saw a picture that I knew was familiar. And it was actually the image used by my first cousin on 23andMe in her profile. And I immediately logged into 23andMe to this first cousin and said, Hi, I have figured out how we're connected. Are you still interested in putting the pieces together? And, uh, of course, she messaged back right away. And she had done 23andMe testing for health reasons and was just trying to trace the genetic component regarding the various health conditions she has. Um. So her and I actually emailed back and forth quite a bit initially. I still hadn't heard from my new half-sibling. In the meantime, my poor brother in Texas is just reeling on his own, and he's dealing with other stuff in his life and can't really process something this major at the moment. So he and I really didn't talk much about it initially until he was in a better position to kind of mentally process something so emotionally traumatic to us. Um, The cousin and I were within a week actually able to piece together how we were connected. And for some reason, when I first learned that my sibling was a half sibling and not an aunt or an unknown niece or nephew, I assumed it was my father, my birth certificate father, that had possibly had a child out of wedlock as a young high school student. And he may have never known that this child existed and maybe the girl's parents whisked her away um, to have the baby and she was placed for adoption. I never once considered that it was my mother um, or that an affair could happen or something else. And I came home and shared this discovery with my husband. And his first instinct was, it's your mother your mother did something. And I said, no, there's no way. And um, sure enough, the cousin asked me, where did your mother work in the late 70s, early 80s? And I shared the company name. And it turns out my biological father worked with her in the same company. Um, She was his secretary. He was her boss. They had a multi-year affair, at least spanning I would say half a decade. Um, my brother and I are 15 months apart in age and, um, it's, I had no idea my, we grew up, we looked alike, so we would never have questioned our paternity being anything other than as it was represented. Um, and on May, March 30th is when the cousin and I figured it out and I called my mother that day and, um, her story, she admitted it. She said, "Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. This is what happened. I had a feeling something like this would come up if when I heard you were doing the DNA tests, but I had no idea it would be both of you. And um, that was shocking to me. I had no idea um, my mother had had an affair at all. And her story, since that initial conversation, has changed significantly. Suddenly, she doesn't remember things or." Um, she didn't know how babies were made, or <laughs> um, various other excuses, or truth that she's trying to tell herself. Um, I think I think she's ashamed of what happened, and I I I don't hold it against her that she had an affair. Everybody make mistakes, and I had a child when I was eighteen that I placed for adoption. So who am I to judge her for having a years long affair? I don't know what was going on in their marriage back then. And I'm not angry with her over how I was conceived. My anger stems from how she's treated me since the discovery.
1: Did your birth certificate father know that you and your
0: brother um, weren't his? They allege that they did not know and they never suspected. But I have reason to believe that they at least suspected Um I have since met and talked with my half sister regularly. She does live in another state than my brother and I um but we've become really close and she in learning of this of my existence or our existence has um shared with memories with us that she remembers um, from when she was little. She was around 11 when her father was having the affair with my mother. And she remembers going to my childhood home, playing with my brother, our brother, as an infant while my mother was pregnant with me and whispered conversations on the stairwell. So I have reason to believe that they absolutely suspected there was a question of paternity involved and chose to ignore it. And my biological father and I have spoken. Um, We do speak on the phone regularly. And in one of my very first conversations with him, I asked for his side of the story um, without bias. And I didn't tell him what my mother had shared with me. And he had said that, yes, they had a conversation about the possibility that my brother was his, but never about me. And he had only met me once when I was about six weeks old, and then not until thirty years later, thirty-nine years later.
1: Mm. And your your brothers, he your full sibling brothers, he older or younger than you?
0: He's fifteen months older.
1: Older. That is um, very rare, and I know you mentioned this earlier. Very rare to have a full sibling in the NPE world, and I, I think I've only ever met Camille. Is the only other person I know that has that. So you guys are really together in this.
0: Yes, we are. And he's he has come around since. He, has, he was going through a rough patch in his life um, when this discovery came out. Um, and this was actually the second trauma for myself that year. So I uh, I had actually found a trauma therapist pretty early on because I was in a airplane incident um, about a month before I discovered this MPE situation. And, um, it it was just excellent timing and I don't know if it was meant to be so that I could find this out and deal with it, um, and process it. Um, but I advised him to do the same because it really did help to have a neutral party to speak to, um, to address all the big feelings that come up with a discovery like this. And he actually did seek counseling as well, um, to help him begin to process everything going on um, with this discovery and the other issues in his life. And it's, it's been a blessing in disguise, I think, for both of us to have a neutral party outside of each other um, to confess um, in and discuss what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A
1: trauma therapist. That sounds wonderful to have when you're going through this, because this is trauma finding this information out is trauma. And I'm I'm sorry, it sounds like you were already dealing with something else you said as well. Yeah.
0: So actually after our trip to Florida on the way home, um, I was in a, a plane incident where there were really high winds in Connecticut. And the plane that I was on was attempting to land and we actually hit the ground, were blown sideways. Our wing hit the runway and somehow the pilot was able to get us back up in the sky again. Oh. And then he tried two more times. So a total of three landing attempts, which he aborted. And then we were eventually diverted to a different airport nearby to finally land. So I actually found my trauma therapist for dealing with the trauma of the, um, plane incident.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my and, God, I would have been screaming. That sounds terrifying.
0: Yes, I was screaming as were others. And it was, uh, it was awful. Um, And this trauma therapist quickly had to change gears to address um, the MPE discovery. So I think two weeks later is when I discovered on my birthday that this was a possibility that I have a half-sibling out there, and so does my brother. And she um, is new to MPEs. I think many therapists are just learning about the trauma impact of such a discovery. So I was very fortunate to have her. Mm. Yeah, wow.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's a that's a lot you've had to go through in such a
0: short period of time. Yes, 2019 was a very interesting and difficult year. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there was good with the bad in 2019. I did gain a first cousin who we've had lunch with several times. She's met my family, my husband and my children. Um and she's met my brother as well. He came he actually flew here to meet up with her. And we were able to meet our sister and three of our nieces and nephews over Thanksgiving last year, which was, it was just so beautiful it, it, that driving up to her house, I think we were both thinking, what are we doing? This is just not normal. <laughs> like this is feeling is so surreal. Like we're related to this person. And we've never met her and we're going to her home in a play in a town. We don't know. <laughs> What if um, something happens? And we we went through with it. And I opened that car door and I gave her a great big hug. And we've been really close since. Um, The three of us share texts often. We group text each other almost every day. And we FaceTimed. And, um, as a result of that initial meeting, we have implemented, a sibling, we call it reunion, but I guess it's really a union because we're just getting to know one another. And we actually, um, I'll back up a little bit. There's actually eight siblings altogether. So I don't just have this half sister. We have, I have four new half siblings. I have two older brothers and two older sisters, Um, and I am in contact and close with the youngest one. I do have some contact with my, one of my brothers and one of my sisters, but they are very protective of their mother. Um, so we have not met even though they do live closer to me and we don't really talk regularly. They're not really open right now to having, um, a sibling relationship and I'm fine with that for now. Um, the um the youngest sibling is the one who I'm in contact with, our sister, and she, um, we implemented this reunion weekend, and we invited everybody. I have two younger siblings that were also invited, and um, they are not full siblings to me. Though um, my younger siblings are adopted, so I'm very familiar with adoption and the process of not knowing who your parents are and wanting to know who they are. So in our union, only the three of us came. So it was my my full brother and our half sister. And we spent a weekend holed up in a hotel, just getting to know each other. And it was so funny because our hus- my husband would call and her kids would call me like, well, what are you doing? Did you even leave the hotel? And we're like, no, we, we, we literally would talk until like three or four in the morning, just absorbing everything. We got a funny game to play. We played some cards against humanity to kind of get a feel for how each other thought and our sense of humor. Um, I printed out a bunch of questions, like uh, 20 questions ask to ask a person to get to know them. And we would just go down the list one by one and answer the questions among the three of us. And it was the best but most emotional weekend I've had in, I think, ever. Um, And we left that weekend, I think, completely bonded, the three of us. And it was just wonderful because it was almost innate, um, our connection. It wasn't forced. It wasn't awkward. It was just there already. Um, So it was very good that we did that. And we hope to do it every year. And we hope that as the years pass, maybe our other other siblings will join us um, and bond too.
1: I hope that for you.
0: Cause that sounds amazing. Yes. And I know, I know so many other NPEs don't get a response from their biological family that they've just found. So I feel very, very lucky that not everybody's responded, but most of them are quite a few of them have. And I also have started to build a relationship with my biological father. I talk to him on the phone almost weekly. Um, Ironically enough, he is actually still married to the woman that he cheated on with my mother. Um, so she does not know of my existence nor my brother's. Um, and I'm fine for now keeping that wow. secret. Um, she's older and so is he. Um, my biological father is 80. And um, I, I there. there's concern for not only her health, but the um, treatment of him my biological father with their marriage. Um, I'm concerned that if he, she were to find out, she might make it very difficult for him to continue a relationship with me. So at this time, I'm, I'm actually quite pleased that he's put in such an effort to talk to me and get to know me while he can. Um, I can't say the same for my birth certificate father. He and I have never been close. I think I've spoken more on the phone with my new biological father than I ever have with my birth certificate father and I'm now 40 years old. So I think that says a lot. Um, I I really still go back to that. My birth certificate father suspected, or at least he, he thought that we might not be his because we've never been close. And he's not close to my, my full brother either. How is So how is that relationship?
1: What happened with your mom and birth certificate father with all of this?
0: Yeah, so I would describe our current relationship as strained, if not non existent, especially with my birth certificate father. Um, Our communications are very limited. Um, It's like there's a giant elephant in the room, I guess, for lack of a better explanation, and nobody wants to talk about it. Um, Initially, my mother was very open with me. The first two to three phone conversations we had, she answered my questions openly and Um, was very forthcoming, but then things shifted and um, she refused to talk about it anymore. And at that point, my birth certificate father didn't know um, that we were not his children or his biological children. And um, I agreed at that time for now to keep it quiet. I said, well, my husband knows, but I don't plan on shouting it from the rooftops to anybody else, but I can't guarantee that that won't change down the road. I these are people that I'm related to and I want to know about them. And a long story short, I my discovery was on March 30th. And then the first weekend of June was the first time I saw my parents since I had discovered this news. And my um, full sibling was there with me, my brother, and I was physically ill. I couldn't look my birth certificate father in the face. I couldn't talk to him. My husband was basically holding down a conversation with him the entire visit because he knew I was just not okay. Um, my stomach was in knots and I was had severe pain for about three days surrounding this visit. My mother kept commenting that, oh, maybe it was my appendix. And I'm like, mom, no, you know what it is. <laughs> it's stress. And um, I remember we went out to a restaurant together. Um, for my, to celebrate my grandmother's birthday. And so my birth certificate father made a comment about how my youngest son um, had an appetite like his side of the family. And that I, everybody looked at me like my mom looked at me, my brother looked at me, we all looked at each other. And my husband was like, oh no. <laughs> and I just had to go along with it. And I knew at that moment I, I couldn't, I couldn't lie to my children. I, um, I couldn't live like this. I couldn't be physically ill every time I saw my parents because I had this major secret that wasn't mine to keep. And I, at that point, when we got home, I started to feel better within a day or two and I knew exactly what was going on. I was just so stressed from that situation that my mother forced not only me, but my husband, who is an innocent party in this, to go through. She expected him to lie for her. And I, to me, that was not okay. And at that point, I said to him that I plan to tell our children. They have a grandfather out there. They have an aunt. They have cousins um, that they deserve to know. And we did tell our children in an age-appropriate way um, that they had these cousins. They were ages nine, seven, and six at the time. Um, My six-year-old was just like, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Can I go play my video games? And my seven-year-old, he asked some questions, but to him, it was just any other day, nothing significant. Oh, new people in our family. Wonderful. And my daughter, she is hysterical. Her response was, well, that's no fair. You have two sisters and I can't even get one. So <laughs> I mean, in the mouth of a child, it's, it's very simple to them. It's like, okay, now we have new family. It's wonderful. We have more people to share our lives with. Um, they didn't look anything beyond that. They didn't think anything less of my mother. They didn't ask about details. Um, and it, it, it it can be that simple for NPEs, but it it never is. I don't think very rarely if it is. Um, so I ended up waiting a week or two, um, to kind of get my thoughts together. And I sent my mother an email because she refused to talk on the phone about this and we don't live in the same state. So I couldn't see her in person. And I did send her an email saying, I just, think you should know that my children know. I can't guarantee what they will or will not say around my birth certificate father. I'm not going to censor them. I'm not going to ask them to lie for you. Um, to them, I want this to be a happy experience. They have new family and that's wonderful. Um, I told her that also I had been in communication with, um, a cousin, a half sister and, um, my biological father. And I couldn't guarantee that one day my children wouldn't meet these people. And I would leave it up to her how she chose to go forward. As a result of that email, she did tell my birth certificate father that my older brother and I were not his biological children. And their response was to immediately cut me out of their lives. Um, my father my birth certificate father blocked me on Facebook. My mother restricted my access so I couldn't see anything she posted any longer. Um, And they actually called my brother and said, "Um, tell your sister we're cutting her out for a month. Um, We'll come back in a month and decide if we're still going to go on the family cruise we had planned for right after Thanksgiving. And he said, why don't you tell her this? And it, it was a very difficult conversation for him to be put in the middle like that. And they thanked him for being discreet. And he assured them that he had told people close to him as well. And they didn't think he had taken it to the extreme because I had told my children. And, um, he basically just said, you need to speak to her. I I can't be in the middle. You need to speak with her. And they never did. And a month later, sure enough, my mother sent an email saying that they did decide to go on the family cruise with us still. Um, and they hoped that it would be a new beginning. Basically, They didn't want to talk about it anymore. And at the same time, my birth certificate father texted me. And his first text to me was to say that he forgave me for everything that I did. Ah, Yes. Okay.
1: (gasps) Wow. The nerve. Okay.
0: Because you are somehow to blame for this. Yes. And my response was, well, what did I do? (laughs) And he's like, you know what you did. And I'm like, no, I don't. That's why I asked. (laughs) And he basically at that point told me to drop it it was all about um, his feelings. And I can't imagine what it was like to learn that you, he has no biological children. Um, And my mother took that from him and I can't imagine what it would be like to be in his shoes, to learn that at his age too, but to push away your children that you, you raised, he's my dad. He was the one that was there and he pushed us away. Like, and to this day, um, we barely talk. Um, the last time I saw him was around Christmas time. Um, and, um, we were going through a very difficult time with my, um, my grandmother had a a illness that ultimately resulted in her passing away shortly before Thanksgiving. And my birth certificate father decided at that point in time was a good time to re friend request me on Facebook. and his reasoning was because he missed seeing my children. Um, and I, I, I couldn't accept it. I'm like, I want a conversation with him. I want one conversation just to talk about it and say, look, your reaction was to cut me out. You blocked me. That was so incredibly hurtful when I was going through something so incredibly traumatic and, You're my dad. And to cut me out so simply and so quickly, that's just not okay. And he won't have that conversation with me. So it's still um, six months later. And a couple times he'll email me or text me and say, um, um, how are the kids? I miss them. But he never asks how I am. He doesn't really – he didn't – I actually had a birthday again in March, and he didn't really acknowledge it until – think almost midnight or late in the night, never a phone call. Um, my children had birthdays, um, two of them, and he hasn't acknowledged them at all. Um, so if I think about it though, that's really no different than what our relationship was before this discovery. We've never been close. We've never had an active talking relationship where we would just call or text each other or exchange pleasantries or any of that. And if we call and talk to each other on the phone, it's very strained. Even before this discovery, he's very quiet. He won't, it's it's all a yes or no answers and that's all I can get out of him. So on some level, I feel like he's always known, maybe not a hundred percent sure, but subliminally I think he expected it or suspected it my, my mother and I, we do talk. We're never close either, but we did talk regularly. And now, um, I would say that's pretty sparseed out. There's still the giant elephant in the room, um, hovering over waiting for us to have that conversation that may probably never happen. Actually, I can pretty much guarantee it won't ever happen. Um, she, she normally just talks about the kids and what's going on with their lives. She doesn't usually talk about me. Or asks how I'm doing. Um, yeah, so I mean, it it hasn't really changed that much, I guess, with her either. We did talk more often before all of this, um, but my family is just weird. <laughs> we don't talk regularly on the phone. I don't think we like talking on the phone, and we don't live in the same state. So it's it's been a blessing in disguise that I don't have to see them in face. And um, face to face. Um, cause when I do have to see them face to face when they do visit, um, it's, it's so stressful. It's, I think my anxiety goes through the roof, just trying to keep emotions in check and not be the one that brings the elephant up in the room, even though it's the one thing I really wish we could talk about. And I don't even want details of what happened back then. I think I've got plenty of that from my biological father in our conversations. I just want acknowledgement that this is tough and it's hard for all of us and somehow we need to get it out in the open just once and then we can move forward and rebuild our relationships as they should be. To just have it acknowledged how painful
1: this is and that this happened, this is happening to you. You're the one that you and your brother are the ones that found out Um this life-changing news, and I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry you can't. You can't get that validation from your own parents. Thank you.
0: I think that explains it really well. I think I do just need some kind of validation or acceptance of the truth, um, and not tiptoeing around, um, or not having to tiptoe around um, each other when we see each other would be ideal. <laughs> So I I do talk to my biological father on the phone regularly, but I have not yet met him in person. Um, we do live in different states, and with his wife not knowing I exist, it makes it quite difficult. Um, and also, he's eighty, and of course, the COVID virus has complicated things. We were supposed to meet last October, and um, he did have to cancel at the last second. His wife became ill, and he had to care for her. Um, so I was quite devastated in the moment and i think that's actually the first time i cried after the discovery was when he said he couldn't meet me and i i hate to use this analogy but it felt like the little girl on the porch waiting for her daddy to come and he said no or he didn't show up and it was heartbreaking for my husband to see me that upset and i was very hopeful again to have a chance to meet him in april and then the whole COVID virus came about, and he, of course, had to cancel his trip. Um, so I still hope one day we can meet face-to-face. Um, we have exchanged pictures of one another. He has briefly spoken to my children on the phone, but they're really not phone-worthy right now. Um, so it's more of a hi-bye <laughs> Um, I don't think my youngest quite understands it at this point because he hasn't seen him face-to-face. So I do hope that someday maybe they can meet him as well. Um, But I will leave that up to him after we do get our initial meeting. My husband has been very supportive in this discovery, and I couldn't have done it without him (laughs) getting through the last year. 2019 was very difficult after um, finding out this information, and he at some point didn't even know what to say to me. So he highly encouraged me to go to my therapist whenever I was having a moment. And he actually asked permission, which I thought was wonderful if he could tell his mother um, because he needed someone to vent to. And I think there's kind of a lapse in the NPE support groups that are out there where the significant others or the partners or the siblings of MPEs are overlooked um in this discovery and how it can impact them because he's got a new father-in-law essentially too and he wants to meet him but he knows he may not get to and um i just can't say enough about um how he's um handled it since my discovery
1: uh if people want to get in touch with you could they do that and how could they
0: Yes, yeah, I'm fine with people getting in touch with me. Um, I do have an email address, and that would probably be a preferred method. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but I think my profile is very hard to find. Um, so people give their email address.
1: That is totally up to you. Are you comfortable doing that?
0: Yes, I'd be happy to talk with others who are going through it or have a story similar to mine or just want to share or vent. Um, my email address is Sugar Hill. Um, C-T, so it's S-U-G-A-R-H-I-L-L, C as in cat, T as in Tom, at gmail.com.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And at this point, is there anything else that you would like to share or that I may
0: have cut you off from? <laughs> um, I know it's just, this journey is very um, tumultuous, I guess to say the least. I think some people describe it, and I think it, it suits it that um, it comes in waves. It's like we're riding in a boat on the ocean, and some days the waters are calm and I'm okay, and other days it's another hurricane out at sea. <laughs> and I think I'm I'm a year in now. I'm about a year and three months um, past discovery. Um, it's been just over a year since I started talking with my biological father and getting to know him. And I do think there is hope on the other side um, for many MPEs out there. And I hope um, that the stigma surrounding the discoveries of becoming an NPE start to diminish um, with the help of um, social media, podcasts like yours, and just talking about it openly. Um, I know that right now is June and it's actually NP awareness month. So that was great to get that recognition and the acknowledgement. Um, uh, through, I don't, I don't know who recognizes that. Do you? Oh, is that a,
1: like the NPE Facebook group? Or- yeah.
0: They somehow yeah. got the designation that it's NPE awareness month and we have a green ribbon. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad not, you brought that up. I don't know who determines that though. So,
1: Oh yeah, I don't either. But <laughs> Other MPEs will appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks again to Heather for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.